Bruchim Abayim to everybody. This afternoon we are the third chapter, which is the laws of Chukat Agoyim. Uh, on page 8, we'll come back to chapter 2 at some stage and have a catch-up here, but I want to try and keep up with the world schedule. So, regarding the laws of Chukat Agoyim, we'll see from the Pasuk, um, let, let's read it inside and try and understand what is the idea behind this prohibition. Source number 2, page 89. Kemase Eretz Mitzrayim Ashe Yeshavtemba Lotasu like the actions of Egypt that you were dwelling in do not do. And the actions of the people of Canaan, of Canaan, where I'm bringing you, shall not follow. If you turn the page, many other psukim, three other psukim, right? I standing away. Uh, that have disgusted me. And in Dvari, What is the common denominator between all of these psukim? What is, the, what is the, the Torah trying to get at? Before we try and understand the definition of the mitzvah, what is the reason behind the mitzvah? And this is obviously going to have an impact on when we get into the halachic definition of what exactly is included in this prohibition. So I want to give you three basic approaches in the Rishonim, and we'll see how some of them really translate into Halakha Lamaiseh. The first possibility is that the Torah is very is limiting this prohibition, number one, to specific nations. That whatever they were doing, you are not allowed to do. And if it's specifically pinpointing it to a specific nation or a certain amount of nations, Perhaps it's also specific to certain actions, i.e. what they were doing in the times of Egypt, in ancient Egypt, and in ancient <coughs> Canaan, maybe that is a problem to, might not be a pr- problem. You know, what the, the Goyim are doing in Australia has no impact on us. That's one very narrow understanding of what the prohibition could be. It also... Maybe if you look at the psukim, it seems to connect it perhaps to Avodah Maybe it's specifically dealing with pagan type of rituals connected to some type of arayos or, or things of that nature. So that is one possibility. If, you want to, if we, we looked at the other extreme, the other extreme is that the Torah is basically telling us, don't be like the Goyim. The Torah is saying, don't be like the Goyim, I want you to be unique. It's not limiting it to a specific nation, and it's not necessarily limiting it to a specific um, ritual. It might not even be limiting it to a prohibition connected to Avodah Zorah, or even something of perversion. Look at source number one, Sefer Achino. Mishor mehem. It is in order to distance ourselves from their rituals and practices, even regarding clothing. So it could be that the Sefer Achinu Chavia is taking the extreme opposite approach, that this is, is some type of general prohibition. The Torah is, is saying Jews must stay away from their practices because we want to to learn anything from the Goyim. As opposed to, for example, Rabbi Yezmi 
Mimetz, the Yerein, was very, very limiting in his description of this prohibition. It's what they were doing in Egypt. It was what they were doing in the Canaan. It's what was listed in the Canaan. There is a list. Anything over and above that is, uh, you know, we, we are permitted to do. It's not included in the prohibition. Yeah. According to the most extreme negative. Right. What about Dina de Malchus or Dina? It's a good Shaila. Dina de Malchus, Dina opinion. If there is logic to it. Or we would have come up with a similar... It would have been okay. So, to your, your, your question, and we'll um, proceed today. So I just, you know, at the outset, I want to give those two extreme opinions of, of where this, this prohibition could go. Do you welcome uh, interruptions? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My, my first thought is, is that... Um, Really, the reason why we have these two particular examples is because those are the two that hit us. A bit like Moshe Rabbeinu, Bisha, how to make the menorah, how to make the tailor. Right. A, a it's a billion av. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. like a, giving an example, example of, of something that you, put, you can identify with. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've got the, the, all the possibilities out there, let's skip to source number nine. Because there are two main sugyas in Shas that deal with the question of chukat agoyim. Yes. You said there were three possible approaches. You gave well, the, two. The, the, the third is something in the middle, i.e., we're going to see it's the shita of the Rama, of the Ran, the Marik, and possibly uh, possibly the Rama. So when we get into it, we will uh, we'll, we'll see the third possibilities. But I'm, I'm giving the extremes. Let's keep the third possibility in the moment. Okay. Take a chair with you. <coughs> so. Masechet Sanhedrin. Let me give you a background. Masechet Sanhedrin. This is a discussion as to the different, uh, different ways in which the Sanhedrin punishes people by death. Arba Mitot. There are four different types of ways in which the Sanhedrin would um, give capital punishment. And says the Mishnah, Mitzvah Neragin, the ones who are killed. We would cut off their head with a sword. And this is the way the kings, the non-Jewish kings, the Romans, that's how they used to behead people. They used to use a sword. That's a disgraceful type of way of killing people. Rather, we take an axe. And we chop off his head with an axe. That's a lot more disgraceful, denigrating type of way of killing a person. What does the Gemara say about this argument? Tanya. Rabbi Yehuda said to the sages, I agree that killing a person with an axe is a very disgraceful type of, of way of... of um, Giving out uh, capital punishment. What can I do? You cannot follow the ways of the non-Jews. And they use they do beheading with the sword. So what did the rabbis, they also have a problem of chukata going. What did the rabbis say? Since using a sword... Killing by the sword is mentioned in the Torah, in the Torah, we are not learning from them 
Maybe they're learning from us. Like this was already written in the Torah. What do we learn from this Gemara? If something that the Goy in the Torah, there's no problem. It's not a problem of Chukat Goy. That's what we come out from the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Now look at the Gemara in Masechet of The Gemara in Masechet of is dealing with the question of um, the certain days that were considered festivals of the Goyim, and therefore <coughs> it could be a problem of taking part of doing any business deals, etc. One of the days mentioned is the day that their kings died. And then there's a discussion regarding when their kings died, they used to burn all the king's um, objects. Apparently, thank God, only their objects. There were tribes that used to burn their wives and slaves as well when the, the king died. But over here, they just burnt the objects. And this became whether this was prohibited or permitted. Look at Masechet of Adazara. These are the festivals, i.e. Right? pagan festivals of the non-Jews. Kalanda, the Satrona, the Kastria, etc. And then it says, the Yom Hamita, and the day of the death of the king. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Only when they used to burn the objects of the king was it a problem. But when it wasn't, then they didn't burn the objects of the king, then it wasn't considered a pagan festival. Now the Gemara goes back and forth, and, and, and we'll just pick it up on the last line of the, on page, source number 11. So the Gemara kind of says, according to the Chachamim, you're right, it's not a Vodazora, it's Chukat when they were burning. So ask the Gemara, three lines from the bottom. Rabban and Savrei, Shreifa Chukahi. That Shreifa, burning of this object, it's a problem because we're following in the laws of the Goyim. Asa Gemara, is that really true? Vatanya, Sorfin ala melachim velo midarke emorim. Vi Chukahi anan hechi sarfinan. The Jews themselves used to burn the objects of the king. In Tanakh, it's mentioned, in Yirmiyah, we ourselves used to do such a practice. Now, if this is Chukat Goyim, what's going on over here? Answers the Gemara, Vakativ, Bukhukotem, Lotelechu. Answers the Gemara, Ela de Kuliyama. Both according to Rabbi Meir and according to the Sage. Burning of the objects, it's not a problem of Chukat Goyim. Why not? Ela Chashivutahi. It just shows importance of the king. Shows importance of the king. Why does it show importance of the king? Explains the Ram in Masechet of was important so no one would use their no one sat in their chair so if what do you do to stop a person from sitting in the king the deceased king's chair you burn it so it's really showing how important the king was that they burnt all of his vessels to show you know no one was important enough to use the king's vessels and in order to not to be over on using the deceased king's vessels so they would burn it so it's really a show of respect so now, all the Rishonim grapple with the following question. The Gemara in Sanhedrin said that if it's written in the Torah, it's not a Torah had a question that maybe burning things the Zorah is a problem of Chukat And what was the answer given? No, it's just to show importance. What happened to the answer? Why didn't the Gemara just give a simple answer? It's written in Tanakh. It's written in Tanakh. Tosfot on and here we are going to have two major approaches in the 
of following in the ways of the idolaters. Echad shelsim l'shem chok l'avodat kochavim. One is which they do it for the sake of idolatry. This is a ritual for the sake of idolatry. And the second is, They're just doing it for frivolity, for nonsense, it's silly, but it's not connected necessarily to Avodah And here Tosfot make the following distinction. Tosfot says, regarding the first category, if it is a pagan ritual connected to idolatry, look at the bold lines, even though it's written in the Torah, it is still going to be prohibited to Jews. Since this is connected for them to idolatry. And what's Tosot's proof? In Sefer Bereshit, the Avot, they brought Korbanot on what? On a Matseva, on one big stone. But later on, the Torah prohibits it. But it was brought already mentioned in the, in the Tanakh. In the, the Avot did it. Once it's mentioned that it's connected to Avodah Zorah, even though it's written in the Torah, we cannot, we cannot, uh, we cannot do it. And therefore, says Tosfot, why is the Gemara saying that burning of the objects, why did it say that it's just importance, it's not connected to idolatry? Why didn't it give the answer of the Gemara in Sanhedrin, that it's written in the Torah or written in the Tanakh? Because it wouldn't have helped. Says Tosfot, it wouldn't have helped. If it's, if it's connected, the Gemara's Havamina, the Gemara understood that this was connected to some type of pagan idol ritual, idolatry ritual, in such a case, even if it was written in the Torah or in the Tanakh, it wouldn't have helped. And therefore the Gemara had to give a different answer. It's got nothing to do with idolatry. It's only got to do, it's just showing importance. Ah, oh, if it's showing importance, here Tosfot says this is a second category. That's just a, 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 you know, a, some type of ritual, which might be silly, might not be of any, um, might even be frivolous. If it's not connected to idolatry, then we can give the answer. If it's written in the Torah, it's not going to be a problem. However, if it's not written in the Torah, then even that second category would be a problem according to Tosfot. So to summarize the opinion of Tosfot, Tosfot says there are two separate Categories of Chukatagoyim. The first category is something that is connected to idolatry. We can never do anything of that sort. Even if it's written in the Torah, we cannot, it's not going to help. Something that is not necessarily connected to idolatry, it doesn't make sense or it's frivolous, silly. If it's written in the Torah, it's okay. If it's not written in the Torah, it's going to be a problem. That is the opinion of the Baalei Atosfot. But the same Torah that says that they brought Korbanot on Matseva or on Baba, that same Torah answers it once the Beit HaMikdash Correct. is there. Correct. So, that, so you and therefore so, what? So it may have been written in the Torah. Right. But then the Torah specifically prohibits it. The Torah itself prohibits it. So you're saying because the Torah itself prohibits it, that's why it became prohibited. Right. But if the Torah didn't prohibit it, then, then okay, it's a good question on Tosfot. It's a good question on Tosfot. 
So if the Rabbana made a takana that we should do a certain thing, yes, and the goyim took it on and used that for idol worship, it would that counteract the takana of the Rabbana? Yes, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. The Rabbana made a takana or a minhag to bring to bring in on Shavuot all types of greenery into the shuls. Why? Because to remind us of Matan Torah, of Har Sinai, it says that it was like a massive shit, that Hashem, it became more green, everything got rejuvenated. Says the Vilna Gaon, hold on a second, but now the Goyim have started bringing trees for their festival, right? The, the, the Christmas tree. And therefore the Vilna Gaon said, it's now prohibited. That's giving them an enormous amount of power. Correct. And the Vilna Gaon does stipulate it was only regarding a minak. Because it was a minak and not a... Well, uh, I'm talking uh, about a takana, I'm not talking about a minak. So, so, which so, is a lot stronger than a minak. Right, correct. So maybe, maybe, the, maybe the Vilna Gaon would, would be less. But the idea is that, there. that the, Even though it was a minak mentioned by Chazal. Yeah. And, and for Dorei Dorot, for generations, that was minak Israel, which... Many of the halachot of minag in the Shulchan Aruch, nevertheless, Vilna Gaon said we have to stop. So, and, and not only stop, according to the Chaya Adam, it, it became asur. Became asur. There's a question of the the uh, the, the language of the Vilna Gaon, but let's let's. Uh, according okay. to that, we should admit a choir in the Beit Knesset. Could be if we get so, if we if we have time, we'll see the, the, the Levim. So, yeah, but we have sing, to move on. Else, we're not going to have time. The singing of the Levim was in the Torah. We're not talking. That's not a Rabbanan. That's a Torah. Could be. Yeah, but, could be. But let's let me show you the a very different approach, and that is the approach of the Ma'arik. The approach of the Ma'arik is as follows: Ma'arik, Rab Yosef Kolon. He was the preeminent Cossack in Italy in the 1400s. And basically, he wrote his Truvot, and many of them were incorporated into the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. And he was asked the following question. The government of Italy, somewhere in the late 1400s, made a decree that all doctors had to wear a cape to show their, that you, know, you, were, you were a doctor or something like that. And the Jewish doctors asked the Ma'arik, Rabbi Yosef Kulon, is this a problem of Chukat Hagoyim? And Rabbi Yosef Kulon answered as follows. And he says, I'm going to give you a definition of Chukat Hagoyim when it is a problem. And he says as follows. It is only when something has no reason. As the Pasuk implies, Chok. Chok is something that doesn't, it doesn't seem logical. We don't know, there's no logical reason why we're doing it. The Goyim are doing something. There's no logical reason for it. That's when there is a problem. Why, says Marik? Because it seems that, okay, why, why we'll see in a moment. And the second category is when it has something to do with Pritzut, licentious behavior, something connected to our eyes. Those are his two definitions. Something that is, has no reason, there's no logic to it, and something that borders on licentious behavior, pritzot, licentious, anything to do with our eyes. Very different to what the Tosfot said. But here, the nuance of the Marik is very, very subtle because th th that's how the Marik this is what the Marik said. I'm now going to read to you the Ramah, and you tell me if the Ramah is agreeing with the Marik or not. The Ramah in source number 14. 
וכל זה אינו אסור אלא בדבר שנהגו בו העובדי כוכבים לשום פריצות. It's only a problem of חוקה דגויים when, when there's a problem of licentious behavior, כגון שנהגו ללבוש מלבושים אדומים. In their times, uh, colored clothing, especially red clothing, was very, very provocative. והוא מלבוש שרים וכדומה, and in that time it was only certain people, and it was considered pricks of behavior. או בדבר שנהגו למנהג ולחוק, or something that has no logic, ואין בו טעם בדבר, דאיקה למיכש, we have to concern ourselves that it's משום דרכי האמורי ויש פה שמץ עבודת כוכבים מאבותיהם. Something that has no logic and we have to worry that the source of such a minag or such a ritual is based in idolatry, some pagan ritual of idol worship. Is the Ramah agreeing with quoting the Marik or not? So let me share with you a tshuva of Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein says, if you look very carefully in the words of the Maharik, and there's a third opinion here of the Ran, which isn't brought down in the Sefer, but I'll tell it to you. He says everyone puts them together, but really they're very different. The Maharik, if you look at his words, he said, if there's no reason for it, it's a problem. Why? because you're trying to be like the Goyim. Mm. Why? What? what? If, if there's no logic to it, right? let's say some strange fashion, not a non-sneers fashion, but it's a strange fashion. Everyone's walking around with pokey shoes for, for, for a meter. Right? doesn't really make sense to walk around with that, but that's the fashion. So why do you want to, why do you want to buy a pair of shoes that are, that are so non-sensical? <laughs> So says the Marek, because you want to be like the Goyim, that is a problem of The Ram says, if, you don't, if there's no logic to it, we have to worry that it's a problem of Avodazora. The Ramah. The Ramah says, Ramah Feinstein is not passing like the Marek, even though everyone quotes the Ramah is passing like the Marek. Ramah Feinstein says, no, the Ramah is following the Ram. And there is, a, there is a critical argument between the Ran and the Marik. The Marik, going back to our different approaches, and here comes the middle approach. The one approach was, we said, was you have to separate yourself completely from the Goyim and do something. The other is only if it's connected to Avodah Zorah. Here, here comes the Marik and says, well, if it's not logical, then I have to assume that you are trying to do it in order to be like the Goyim. As opposed to if there's a logical thing, a, ta- a cape, we didn't come up with it, says Marik, but there's logic to it, you know, to identify who the doctor is, and therefore he says it's not a problem. You're not trying to be like the Goyim, because there's a logic to it. The Rani is more lenient. The Rani is saying no. If there's no logic to it, I have to assume that it's got to do with the Vodazara. But if I can categorically say that it's not got to do with the Vodazara, then even if I'm trying to be like the Goyim, that's not the prohibition of the Torah, right? And that would be a big practical ramification, for example, fashion. Exactly. Right? Fashion is not necessarily today connected to Avodah Zorah, right? But why is everyone wearing this pair of sneakers? It's because, uh, it's because this, uh, this uh, basketball player is wearing that, uh, that sneaker, so I'm trying to be like him, i.e. 
Maybe according to the Ma'arik, it might be a problem, but according to the Ran, it wouldn't be a problem. And the Ramah over here is paskening like the Ran. And that's a very important distinction that Rabbi Moshe Feinstein makes when he was asked the question about people coming from Poland and did they, were they allowed to wear, walk around with suits and jackets like in America, or do they have to keep the garb of Poland? Is this a problem of Chukat And he says that according to the Ma'arik, it might be a problem, but the Ramah Paskin like the Ran. And don't get confused between the two. If we have time, we'll come back to that Truva of Rav Moshe Feinstein. So when a shrine was not necessarily Chukat because it was only the lords and the, the right. leader who wore strand was in Poland. I mean, right. yeah, right, yeah, right. There, now, was Rob, there was there was in New York, right, who ushered a student walking down to graduation in a cap and gown because of Hukatagoyim. Okay, so I would say that would fit in maybe with the Maori, right? It would definitely fit in maybe with the opinion of Toswat, right, but not with the Ran. Or with the Rama. But here comes a third opinion, and this is a opinion of the Vilna Gaon. And here the Vilna Gaon, um, we're running out of time, so I'm, go I'm going to say it outside, but basically like this. The Vilna Gaon says, hold on a second. Both according to the Ram and according to the Ma'arik, the common denominator is if there's a logical reason, it's not a problem. There's a logical reason, it's not a problem. It's so only when it's not logical, then you're going to have a discussion between the Ma'arik and the Ram. But once it's logical, both of them are going to be lenient, correct? Says the Vilnagam, who said, let's go back to our original Gemara in Sanhedrin about decapitating. Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Uda says, I agree that it's disgraceful to use an axe, but what can I do using a sword? The Goyim use a sword. And what did the rabbis answer? Well, we say you can use a sword because it's written in the Torah. So there's a logical reason, both according to Rabbi Yehuda and according to Chachamim, to use a sword instead of an axe. Nevertheless, the rabbis, the Chachamim, were only lenient. Why? Because we used the, it was written in the Torah. Says, says the Vilna Gaon, where did the Ma'arik and the Ran get their opinion that if it's logical, it's okay? It's very logical to use a sword and not an axe. It's not so de de, um, de disgraceful to the deceased. Nevertheless, that's not what the answer the Gemara gave. Right? So the Vilna Gaon basically says that everything is asur, even if it is logical. Even if it is logical, it's going to be a problem unless we would have come up with the idea ourselves. So wearing a jacket on a, on a wintry day is not a problem of chukat because we would, have, we would have come up with that anyway. Clothes we would have come up with anyway. So anything that the Jews we would have come up ourselves, the fact that the Goyim came up with it is not a problem. But walking down to graduation with a cape, would we necessarily have come up with that? Probably not. And according to the Vilnagaon, that would have been a problem, right? So that is the most machmir opinion of the Vilnagaon. So we have three main opinions. We have the opinion of the Tosfot that basically say. If it's got to do with idolatry, even if it's written in the Torah, it's a problem. If we have to do with not idolatry, but kind of, if it's not written in the Torah, we've got to stay away from it. Then you have the middle opinion of the Marik and uh, the Ram. They basically say, if something is logical, it's okay. If it's not logical, according to the Marik, you might have to be Mahmir, right? Because you're trying to be like them. According to the Ram, as long as there's no concern that it came from the Bodhisattva, it would be okay. okay, right? 
So, for example, I'll just throw this out. Candles on a, candles on a birthday cake, right? Is there a logical reason for it? Maybe not. It says, by the way, my Chavruta Rabbi Eitan Abiner looked candles. into it, and he said the source of it apparently is pagans used to blow it out, and the, the, the smoke was like an, an incense. It was almost like a carbon. So that fits into the run. You see a minna. Is there any logic to it? Not, not clear that there's a logic. You have to worry, perhaps the basis of this is connected to Avodah Zarah. Well, that's a good, good case in hand. Right? That's a good case in hand. I'm not passing in that, that whether it's permitted or not. Then ask your local uh, halakhic authority. I think there is room to be made, but let's move on. I want to talk about a few practical ramifications now that we have the different opinions. Okay, so the first, uh, the first opinion, uh, the first question is going to stay in. So one of the things explicitly mentioned in the Gemara and in the Sifri as Chukat is going to their stadiums, going to their circuses, etc. Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, can a person go to a football match, right? Well, so what's the, yeah, the, the, the definition of what a stadium is? Okay, very good. So what is the definition of a stadium? So he basically said... In his Truva, in Source 23, um, that the, the, the stadiums of today are not the stadiums of then. And today there is a logical reason why you are a stadium. For entertainment. It's uh, some type of sports game. And therefore, says Ramosha Paisi, and it's not included in the prohibition of Avodah It could be that their stadiums had something to do with Avodah that they had some type of things like that. Today, it's a very logical reason. People want entertainment. They're going to watch the, the, the football game. And therefore, he says, Meikar Hadin regarding Chukata Goyim, it's not a problem. He thinks it's other problems of Moshav Leitzim or Bittul Torah. But he says, Mitzad Chukata Goyim, he's not concerned. Let's very briefly deal with the Minag of Kaparot. Right? The, the, the shechting of the, the bird swinging them around one's head, mm-hmm. right? On the Erev Yom Kippur. Is that a problem or not? Wait a minute. Um, we have clearly on Shavuot, for our own reasons, of Mahat Right. So the facts and the coin have Christmas trees. And tying it together seems to me a little far-fetched. Many agreed with your opinion, and uh, but the Vilna they, they quoted in Maaseh Rav, which is the book a student wrote of the Vilna Gaon, and it's also quoted in the Chaya Adam. And there are two different what versions of it. Rav Moshe Feinstein would say it's not a problem. In no problem. No problem. There's a logical reason, Vadai, and this is brought down as our Minag, and there's, there's, there's no problem for it. But the Vilnagan took the extreme approach that basically, even if it's logical and even if there's a Masora, once it's got to do with the Bodhisattva, we've got to stay away from it. Um, so that was the approach of Vilnagan, which no one accepted. By the way, Rov Haposkin, Ashkenazim, and Svardim basically did not accept the opinion of the Vilnagan. Right? It was a very, very extreme opinion that basically was not accepted. But let's take now, go back to the case of Kaparot. Says the Beit Yosef, Yesh Mokomot Shinoagim Lishchot, on source number 24, page 100, Shinoagim Lishchot, Tarnagol, the Kapara, 
וכן יש בתשובת הגאונים. This is already brought down in the response of the גאונים. And he says as follows, והרשב"א כתב בתשובה, I'm five lines down, בעניין הכפרה שעושים אל הערים בערב יום כיפור, מנהג זה פשוט בעירנו ואף על פי ששמעתי מפי אנשים הגונים מאשכנז שכל רבני ארצם עושים כן, אם לא דסים תביא הוואד ספרד מנהג, שמעתי שנשאל רבנו היי ואמר שכן נהגו, אם כל זה, איי, this is already, the גאונים said it was okay, מנעתי המנהג הזה וכתוב באורחות חיים שהרמב"ן אסרו משום דרכי האמורי. The Ramban held that this had its roots in דרכי האמורי and therefore was prohibited. So here we have again a takana or a minag already from the times of the Goinim. Nevertheless, the Ramban says דרכי האמורי, you've got to stay away from it. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Shulchan Aruch says, מה שנוהגים לעשות כפרה בערב יום כיפור etc. יש למנוע המנהג. One has to stop this מנהג. Refrain from such a מנהג. שולחן ארוך. And the Ramah says, ויש מהגוהנים שכתבו מנהג זה, וכן כתבו אותו רבים, וכן נוהגים בכל מדינות אלו, כי היא מנהג ותיקין. Says the Ramah, this is a מנהג, this is מנהג אשכנז, and, and ודאי we shouldn't stop. What is interesting is that also the Sephardim took on the opinion of the Ramah. And why is that? Because the the Arizal and the, the Kabbalist pushed it. So because the Kabbalist pushed it, so in Shut Yechavedat, Rabbi Vad Yosef says basically we have no problem, even though usually he is very loyal to the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, over here he defers to the Svari Minag of the last 400 years to, to do it in, in any event. A very interesting question comes up about walking without a kippah on one's head. Now, The source to walk with a kippah on one's head is a Gemorian Kiddushin Lamed Bet regarding Midat Hasidus of Rav Huna that he didn't walk Arba Amot without a kippah. That Midat Hasidut became Minhag which was accepted in the Shulchan Aruch. However, it's Minhag. Comes along the Taz in the 1700s and he says for a person today in the 1700s to walk without a kippah is not just his transgressing Minag Chassidus, he is also transgressing Chukat HaGoyim. He's trans- violating the prohibition of following in the Goyim. Why? He says because the, he was living in a Christian country, right? And in Poland, so the Christians, when they were to go into church, they would take off their hat, right? And therefore, he says, by a, a Jew taking off his hat, or taking off his head covering, it's following the ways, and it's Chukat HaGoyim, and it's following their ways. But they would then, only do it in the house of worship, not out right. on the street. So, so that, that's a good question. I don't know why, but, but he seemed to imply that this is, it seems that they would do it as a show of reverence and, and, that's, and, and we would be following. Could be that they only did it in, in, the, in the street. In fact, it's very interesting. When, uh, I think, who was the president of the United States during World War II? Roosevelt? So when, when the rabbis had one time, when the Aguda was able, when the rabbis were able to speak to... Um, to the president regarding trying to bomb the, uh, bomb the, the railway uh, tracks right. to the concentration camps. And they, they were about to go into his office and the rabbis had to wait, do we take off our hats or not? Because, and they came to the conclusion, no, we're going to keep our hats on. And as they walked in, the president saw that they were wearing the hats, so he, he grabbed his hat to, to put it on, to, 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 
to be mechaber. But, but anyway, it's a discussion. According to the Taz, walking without a kippah today is a problem. It's not just you're not fulfilling Midag Chasidus. It's really uh, an Isra of, of uh, Chukas Agoyim. So Rav Moshe Feinstein has a very interesting tshuva. Rav Moshe Feinstein says again, that in America, he was asked, people were worried that they're going to lose their jobs if they were going to walk around with a kippah. Certain people might not be able to, to have a job. And do, is this a violation of Chukat Agoyim? And he says, in today's times in America, it's clearly not Chukat Agoyim to go. And the proof is, is that people that are atheists, that are not Christians, they don't walk around with their, with, uh, everyone walks out around with their head uncovered. It's not connected to Christianity of any other sorts. And therefore, he says, even the Taz would agree that in today's times, this isn't a problem of Chukat Agoyim. One last uh, um, topic for today, and that is standing for the siren on Yom HaShoah and Yom HaZikaron. Is this a problem of Chukat HaGoyim? Right? Well, where does it come from? Right? It seems that it comes from the Goyim, that we adopted it from the Goyim. And is this, <clears throat> this isn't the classic way of Avelos that, uh, that Jews do. So is this a problem of following Chukat HaGoyim or not? Now, Vada... Which, which one is considered Chukat HaGoyim? Standing, standing when you hear the siren. Is that, that's the question. Is it a problem of Chukat HaGoyim? You mean on Yom HaZikaron? Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaShoah. Yeah. Is it? So that's the question that I'm posing now. So... Why, you, have a, yeah, you want to share an opinion, Mr. Rothkart? I don't quite see it that way. Okay, so let, let, let's see the different opinions and, 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 and uh, or, you, or you want to share your opinion first? I listen. <laughs> okay, so opinion number one is Rav Tzvi Yehuda Kuk. Rav Tzvi Yehuda Kuk said, this is a logical thing. It's a logical thing in order to get everyone's attention and therefore standing, and therefore he holds that it wouldn't be a problem, Vadai, not according to the Marik and the, and the Ram. This is a logical way of bringing everyone to attention to, to, to be Mechabed, the, 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 the people that died al Kiddush Hashem. And therefore he says that I don't see a problem. So um, whatever has a logical reason, it's, uh, it, it, it makes sense. How else are you going to get everyone to to stand and, and remember the, the Kedoshim. And think, next... Do you think the Vilna Gaon would also agree no, that we would have come up with it? I don't think the Vilna Gaon, but we'll see Rabbi Yaakov Ariel in a moment. The Yalkut Yosef, Rabbi Badi Yosef says, I'm not sure. I'm saying he's, 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 he's less convinced. But if you look at the last, uh, the last three lines on Source 34, he says like this, Rashai La'amot, it's permitted to stand, According to the strict letter of the law, it's not a strictly speaking a prohibition of But you should say Tehillim during that time. So Rabbi Vadia, he, 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 he's not so convinced that it's completely not a problem, but his bottom line is it's not a problem. Um, and we don't pass like the Vilna Gaon, and therefore it should be okay. What does Pnineh Alacha, Rabbi Eliezer Melamed say? He says like this, 
One could argue and say, that when you think about people that sacrifice their lives, al kiddush Hashem, that itself is divrei Torah. And therefore he doesn't think that this is bitul Torah. And you don't necessarily need to read a peric of Tehillim. And he agrees that it's, he thinks it's not a problem of chukat Rabbi Yaakov Ariel adds one more. Maybe he wants to read the last line. Sorry, sorry. And then he says, Even someone who doesn't hold like this, He says, you, a Jew also has to always think what Hila Azaken told us and what he said. You know, be part of Klal Yisrael. This is, what, this is why how Klal Yisrael decided to remember uh, the the uh, the Chalalim and the people uh, who, who, who died in the Shoah Abadai Al Kiddush Hashem, we should be part of Klal Yisrael. So he thinks it could be considered Divrei Torah, it's not considered Chukatagoy. Rab, Rab Yaakov Ariel adds an, an interesting point. He says, like this, I look in the bold. He says, Yitachin, Perhaps we would have come to this idea by ourselves. Why? It's the best way to, to, for everyone to, to recognize and stand still and remember. He says like this, Amida, standing, is that a Torah concept of giving kavod? Right? The, the concept of standing and giving kavod is not a foreign concept in halakha. That is a concept that's a Jewish concept. Right? Stand in front of your parents, stand in front of your rav. Right? So standing as a show of, of giving kavod is a Jewish idea. And therefore the question is, how would we get everyone to stand? Would we have come up with the idea of a siren? Says Rav Yaakov Ariel, I'm not sure, but maybe. And therefore maybe even the Vilna Gaon would have said it's not a problem. So those are the different opinions. There are obviously those who are going to be a machmir. And by the way, uh, Rav, uh, Rav, uh, Rav Henkin in Shut Eimabanim says the same idea that he thinks that there's room that even the Vilna Gaon wouldn't have think, wouldn't have thought that it's such a that it's such a problem. It makes sense. It's logical. Um, not only is that we prob we might have come to this idea by ourselves because this idea of standing is a, is a Jewish idea. So these are basically. Ideas that come up from within the prohibition of Chukat Agoyim. And uh, this, by the way, going back to the fashion question, Rav Moshe Feinstein says he thinks even the Vilna Gaon would say, I can walk around today with the suit. He says like this, the Vilna Gaon says, if the Jews are doing it for themselves, you know, if we would have come up with the idea, then it's okay. Well, who's the fashion designer making the, the clothes for? First of all, probably the fashion design is Jewish, right? A lot of them are. And second of all, they're not making it for non-Jews and we're copying it. They're making it for non-Jews and Jews. They're making it for the general population. They weren't saying, you know, this is for the, this is a Christian shirt. So therefore, says, says Ramon Shafaisin, he says, he thinks that even according to the Vilna Gaon, walking around in like a suit today, he says he thinks that's fine because basically everyone is doing it. He's doing it for the general population, not specifically for the Goyim. And therefore, he was Mekel, he thinks that even the, the Vilna Gaon would be linear. So, 
No, there may be a question of Hashkafa, whether one should do so. Just oh, so then that's, a separate, uh, that's a separate question of whether we should try and separate ourselves in any event from, uh, from the from the, the claim, yeah. uh, to the thing. So again, that comes back to the, what was the idea behind this prohibition? We said at the outset that according to the extreme opinion, the outset is to separate ourselves. Not necessarily because it's connected to what is etc. And based on that, you could say that no. Vilmagan would say, you know, you've got to stay away at all at all costs. Yeah. So same, that is the The same thing about standing up is also the practice of having a moment of silence. Right. Which happens uh, when we remember those who have fallen or whatever without it's the siren blaring. Right. Just at certain to cuss in to have a moment of silence. So according Yeah, the same thing we have in sure the times with people who refuse to stand for the Shlom and Aina and for Chayal Tahal. Right. We tell them not to go to do you can't tell the Shlom, you have to stay, you don't want it. Right. So much. Right. Okay, yes I craft to everybody. Well, uh, you want it? Um, are people interested in a capture up here or is this is a